Blog Talk Radio. If I ever do anything right, I want to be so good to this, this little life. If I ever wake in the night, I want to know I tried my best with this little is a listener-funded show. No part of this program should be construed as medical advice. And now your host, Gina Kirby. Oh, nice. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Progressive Parenting Radio. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited about today's show. Anytime I have Jane Austen on the program, it is a good day. I am such a lucky person. Uh, The other day, I was talking about somebody I knew in a workshop, and one of my... um, One of my students said, gosh, Gina, it's like you're a billionaire in Friends. And she is not wrong. I am a very lucky person. And uh, without further ado, I would like to go ahead and just introduce my guest right now, Jane Austen. We're going to be talking today about yoga tools to support postpartum and reestablish core stability. So let's get her on the line. Hi, Jane. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Gina. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning from California. Yeah, from is it sunny California today or no? Um, it's sunny now. The sun's working really hard <laughs> to try to get through the fog. <laughs> and I, I'm coming to you live from Denver today. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Are we still connected? When I'm in Boulder, I had to think about where I was at. Oh. <laughs> I'm in Boulder. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah can yeah, you yeah. hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. So I'm really. Excited to share you with everyone. Um, I was just talking about how lucky I am. I have so so many amazing friends, and you are definitely one of them. Um, well, you so are rich case, with you are rich with friends, indeed. You're rich with friends. I am a lucky <laughs> lucky person. Um, so, uh, if you don't know who my friend Jane Austen is, uh, Jane has worked with pregnant women and their families since like 1990. She's a certified yoga teacher and trainer. Jane is the founder and director of Mama Tree a prenatal yoga school dedicated to educating yoga teachers, doulas, and midwives on how to use the tools of yoga to support pregnant women and new moms in all stages of childbearing year and beyond. She weaves her experience as a midwife, doula, childbirth educator, and mother into her work. She's an all-around badass and, again, a good friend. So (laughs) thank you for being on the program, my love. Um, How do we (laughs) – I know, right? Um, You've done it all. How do we use yoga tools to support postpartum? I know that's like 
thank goodness it's like this new wave, this new, like so many postpartum doulas are coming into effect um, all around the country, which is exciting because that means we're starting to pay attention to women postpartum. Right, right. And as you and I are acutely aware that there is a complete lack of support and care for postpartum women, and of course that's a great catastrophe in our um, medical model of care. Um, So what I find really as being kind of, you know, I always say as a yoga teacher, and and excuse the metaphor, um, but really I feel like uh, the yoga teachers are kind of on the front lines because what we have access to is pregnant women and women who are getting midwifery care, women who are getting traditional obstetrical care, um, women who... um, who may or may not have any resources around postpartum or even think that they need to have some kind of postpartum plan. So just before we really jump into the postpartum period, one of the things that I really like to speak to, and of course, you know, those of us in the community, we know this, but for so many moms, they don't know that there needs to be some kind of support plan that's established in pregnancy so that she has literally a place to, you know, I think of it kind of like as a nest to land once she has given birth to her baby, whether that's a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, she's going to need support. You know, I often, literally the last week I asked in my prenatal, one of my prenatal yoga classes, 25 pregnant women, um, you know, sitting, sitting, you know, in the yoga studio, and I say, so how many of you have a postpartum plan? And and I'm not kidding. Like, the, the blank looks that I got were just like, what's that? And, and you know, so what I, what I said, I said, well, what, well who's going to support you postpartum? And then, you know, then, then something as simple, I said, um, you know, your partner taking two weeks off of work is not a postpartum plan. Like, that is not a plan. So so I, I will definitely get into the tools of yoga, but I want to kind of set up the, the groundwork that so many women have basically zero support other than, you know, their sweet partner who is, you know, if they have a partner, who might be totally clueless, who probably is totally clueless about what to expect in that postpartum Period. So, so all of that said, I try to, to, to weave the thread through the prenatal classes about the tools in the prenatal classes, prenatal yoga classes, that can actually really um, bridge women through the labor and birth process and into their postpartum. So some of the same things that we would use in the prenatal um, yoga practice will definitely support women as they transition into motherhood in those new um, days and weeks. Does that make sense? <laughs> the spaces that you're talking about. Oh my gosh, uh, we we just it's like such a mystery to women. It's kind of like how your period was for most women, like you know, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Like we we right. never knew about it. Nobody's going to tell you about it. It's like this this clouded mystery, well, and well, that's we, what we didn't part know about of it. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gina, we didn't know about it, but cultures all over the world do, you know, um, yeah. you know about postpartum. I mean, there's postpartum ritual in pretty much 
every culture in the world outside of, of you know, of, of the U.S. And, you know, I think it's so, it's so interesting that, you know, we have this culture where women get pregnant, they have a baby, and then postpartum, they're not even supposed to look like they had a baby. And they're supposed to get, like, you know, the cultural expectation is they get, like, back on their feet. So you'll see women two days postpartum, three days postpartum, like out and about in the world, like, you know, shopping or, you know, doing errands, which is, you know, it's so tragic because that's such a vulnerable time and it puts her at risk not only for physical problems but also mental and emotional problems if that space to nourish and refill and recoup and refuel hasn't been created. So we use we use yoga to, well, no, to help create that. So how do we do that? Oh, how do we do that? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> how do we do that? <laughs> so 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 obviously like having women make sure that they've got some good support, realistic expectations of support and then just really encouraging her to take that time for recovery and you know i i use this line and it's it's a little it's a little draconian so but you know i tell women literally that their gynecological future depends on how well they take care of themselves postpartum and i tell them that so that they know that it's not just oh I might be feeling a little crummy right now, but I'm going to get better. It's like, well, if you do too much too fast, you, it actually ha- can have an impact on the alignment of your pelvic organs. So that can actually contribute. If you do too much too fast, you could be at, be at risk of um, pelvic organ prolapse. So your uterus could prolapse, your bladder could prolapse, and your rectum could prolapse. So. Those are yeah. such an extreme case. I know. Blah, blah. So, but, but women don't know that. Like their obstetricians are not telling them that. And so, you know, they, they think that they're supposed to be a certain way. So, you know, what I, what I really encourage women to do is really home as much as possible, right? So, you know, right. the, the midwives will say, you know, one week, one week in the bed, one week, you know, around the bed and you know one week just in your in your home not far from your bed so that would be three weeks where you're kind of in this cocoon of of postpartum so so i want to speak specifically about the yoga tools but i I just really want to set that as um uh, uh an environment in which women are often depleted but if they, they take that little extra step or a couple extra steps to have that support around, then they can do these things. And, and something as super simple as, like, staying warm, like staying warm, but also um, really reconnecting to that, that deep breath, that deep breath. And in yoga, we, we speak about the conscious breath it's it's actually one of the limbs of yoga. There are eight limbs of yoga, and one of them is conscious breath. And the yogis believe that that is, like, one of the most powerful tools that we have. Now, what we know is that, of course, respiration is involuntary. So I'm not talking about just breathing, you know, just like your body is doing its involuntary response. I'm actually talking about bringing 
consciousness to that breath because what happens when we do that is that the breath will often deepen and it'll take on a quality that goes beyond um, just the the respiratory expansion and 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 contraction of the lungs and it moves into a place that affects the um, autonomic nervous system and it actually can help women move anybody but women specifically for what our purpose is today in that postpartum period to really drop in to that rest and digest state which is absolutely where they need to be you know and if they're like frantic and like, oh my God, my mother-in-law is coming over. I need to put lipstick on or whatever. Right. She's not in <laughs> that rest and digest state, right? Yeah. So really allowing yeah. her to be in that place and using the conscious breath is like absolutely the avenue to get there. Well, I mean, I get breathing only because I'm a doula, right? Um, I, I get my deep breathing helps. Uh, I, I know that a lot of a lot of people don't know about it, but what about why is it important to keep warm? What's that about, Jane? Oh yeah, of course. Well, of course. Like in the birth process, as as us birthy folks know, um, you know, our, your body opens, right? Your body opens, and really, you 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 in order to birth your baby, there's like vital energy that's actually moving through your body, right? So if you're losing your own vital energy as you're birthing your baby and that comes through not just your blood, like, you know, like as a midwife or a doula, we might look at it in terms of a hemorrhage. Yes, of course, hemorrhage. But but it's so much more than that. It's kind of an, it's an energetic sort of floodgate, right? <laughs> as that baby right. comes through, like we all know, those of us that have been at birth, yeah, let's call it an energetic floodgate. There's like energy like yeah, okay. Coursing through a woman's body, yeah. In yoga, it's actually yeah. called apana. So apana is downward moving energy. So when you give birth, I always tell women like, giving birth is like the most aponic thing that you will ever do. It is like your body, that downward energy is moving so intensely um, through you and and literally out you. So in order to kind of, you know, cap the door after the baby comes out and get the cervix to close, a woman needs to be encased in warmth so that she can begin to recreate that 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 warmth in her, in her own womb, even as she's going through the healing process of you know the uterine involution, um, you know the uterus returning to its pre-pregnant size. And you know that the the lochia flow, the healing of the uterine lining, um, which causes right. the additional flow with with the birth. So she's still in that place of kind of healing and downward moving flow initially postpartum. Mm-hmm. So keeping her warm in that process, just like you would keep a laboring woman warm, right? Because if she's warm, she'll be in that rest and digest state. Because warmth also represents safety right so and and hopefully in that postpartum period she's got a certain amount of privacy so that she can kind of be cocooned and surrounded only by people that she can feel her most vulnerable in right with so 
you know, being in that place where she doesn't have to sort of perform or be outside of herself and she can really be in that that duality of of mother baby which we will love <laughs> the one word mother right. baby not two <laughs> so that she can be yeah. in that she and her baby can still be in that fourth trimester womb and and i i see i i i feel like the the tools of of yoga can really help her be in that place and 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 using the the conscious breath as a way to to sort of step away from like the chaos of what might be going on around her and even like emotionally around the people around her so that she can really focus on herself and and when she's focusing yeah. on herself in those first when I say self for a postpartum woman, I'm including baby, <laughs> you know, because they're one unit. Right. So in yoga, it's called, it's called swadhyaya, and it's really about um, tuning in, in. And, and, and there's no permission in our culture for women to do that, to really be inside right. of themselves and inside of the cocoon of them and their baby because, right. oh, a visitor just came over and she has to talk to them. Like, that's crazy. Why would she have to talk to them? Unless she wants to. You know, of course, this is, you know, I'm just talking about kind of general concept of keeping a woman in a cocoon, keeping her and her baby wrapped. You know, there's practices all over the world where women are actually, you know, it's called mother roasting, where you actually put put women next to warm objects. I remember postpartum, I was I was roasted by a friend, um, and it was one of the most nourishing experiences of my life. And she used, you know, uh, uh, rice bags and just heated them up and put them around me. And it was like, oh, Mm. it was like literally orgasmic without being too (laughs) dramatic. (laughs) Right, right. It was amazing. And I remember my daughter is 19 years old. When I think about my postpartum, it's one of the things that kind of comes to the top of like, yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. But being in that cocoon, being in that place of just taking care of you and your baby, you don't need to do anything else. Like you don't need to do anything. There's this like, you know, in yoga we we make that shift from from doing, like doing, 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 to just being and and it's you know it's easy to say and wow that's poetic but to actually do it like how do you do that in a culture that doesn't support you at all on any level to just be with yourself and be with your baby what's that I, I said, well, yes, we Tina? live in a culture that doesn't honor that and doesn't allow it because, you know, I said, like, my broke ass had to go right back to work <laughs> right after I had oh, home yeah. and it was a terrible thing. I had a baby, like, this unexpected outcome. I mean, it was a gorgeous home birth. Don't get me wrong. It was beautiful. Um, like, yeah. I, I felt like I could yeah. feel the universe moving when she was born. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, but, like, uh, we went to the NICU right after. We stayed there for almost three weeks. And then I was I was at work. I went right back yeah. to work with baby. I'm, I'm holding her. You know, I had I had a store, so I didn't have a choice. Like I didn't have, I had to go back to work, and I'm I'm holding yeah. a brand new baby with with no postpartum period, Jane. It was yeah, it was awful. 
It was like a nightmare it's landscape. Brutal. It's from it's yeah, brutal. It's brutal. And they yeah, and like, yeah. you know, we end up being so depleted, you know, when we're oh, in that awful. place of trying to like literally like hold up the freaking sky. <laughs> you know, while yeah. Well, you really were in a cocoon kind of and had. you're holding up the sky. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, and, and, you know, and that's, and have- that's not that uncommon. I mean, Jeannie, you know that. I mean, obviously, with Uma and the NICU stay, not everybody has that, like, added level of stress and worry. But even for a woman that has a healthy baby. So, I mean, that, yeah. you know, for women with healthy babies, it's hard enough. I mean, just, and, and you don't even have to imagine, but for the rest of us mm-hmm. that haven't had that experience, imagine taking care of a child that has some special special needs in in those times. I mean, it's just, it's it's insane. And, and that really obviously speaks to a, a broken, you know, system of not having any uh, maternity leave or paternity leave, you know, yes. federally um, funded leave. So that's, We're that's the a whole other in the world conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but getting yeah. back, I mean, like, the, the, the good stuff, right? So, so like, yeah, so yeah, just creating that sure. space, creating that space of, 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 of looking in and really nourish, like nourishing and feeding yourself from that really internal place, really nourishing yourself from the inside out and, you know, being kind to yourself. So, you know, just, and, and the, the thing about the breath, and I know it's like, okay, breathing. Yeah. But, but, we, but so many of us don't even know how to breathe deeply. So, so yeah. something that actually will affect breath, in such a profound way that we are only really understanding now because of crazy uh, postural misalignments that so many of us have just from just from yeah. modern living, just from literally short hamstrings. <laughs> so, yeah. I know it sounds crazy. You're like, what? But, you know, something as, like, we don't even really think about it, but like the habitual way that so many of us hold our bodies, we basically do three three asanas or postures, which is sitting, standing, and lying down. That's what most people do, like most of the day. And what many people do now more than any other time in the history of our species is that we sit for our labor, right? We sit for work and we sit at desks and what happens when we sit for prolonged periods of time unless we have the body awareness to maintain proper spinal support as we tend to roll back into our sacrums and kind of sit in a slumped position. And even, even mm-hmm. you know, our yummy couches that we love and we kind of, you know, just like drop back into these couches. You know, people didn't have big, yummy, overstuffed couches a hundred years ago, people sat in straight-back <laughs> chairs. And, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to sit in a straight-back chair all the time. And, you know, certainly, you know, collapsing on the couch is, is wonderful at the end of an exhausting day. I'm not, I'm not advocating that we should be militant about how we, how we hold our bodies at all times of the day. But at times of the day where we can actually really employ some very basic postural alignment, then we actually can, believe it or not, increase our capacity to take a deep breath. (laughs) So it's like you have to kind of look at the whole cultural picture. And, you know, women will literally come into my prenatal yoga class 
and they will sit on the floor because that's where we practice yoga. And, you know, they'll sit and they'll roll into their sacrum and they'll be really, really slumped. And maybe they're just sitting there waiting for the class to start or, or more likely tending to their baby or feeding their babies, you know. And they're sitting in these very kind of collapsed positions. And what I know is not happening right there in that moment when I'm looking at her is that she is not um, utilizing her full capacity to take a deep breath because of the way she's holding mm-hmm. her body. So it's not just like, oh, yeah. postpartum women need to breathe. That, like you can't really just say that because they you know, are breathing, but they're very likely not holding their bodies in a way that they're going to be able to literally begin to retrain their diaphragms. So what I mean by that is in pregnancy what happens is that as the uterus grows, of course, we know this, it, it starts to push up against the um, diaphragm, and it's hard for women to take a deep breath, right? So the diaphragm, as the pregnancy progresses, actually loses a little bit of its mobility, believe it or not. And it's not even just a physical thing. It's also like a, it's a neuromuscular thing. So in, post, in the, the prenatal uh, uh, or late post, excuse me, but late prenatal women's uh, rib cages really open up, right? In order for them to get that breath, their, their rib cage expands so that they get the, the breath actually happens more horizontally because she can't get downward movement of the diaphragm. So one of the things that's going to be essential for a postpartum woman is to be able to get the diaphragm back on board so that she can nourish and support her postpartum body. And part of that is holding her spine in a way that she gets the descent of the diaphragm. And if she's sitting in a slumped position, she's not getting the full mobility of the diaphragm. And so what can happen is that her breath will move up into her chest. And if your chest breathing, you're more likely to activate the opposite of the parasympathetic system, which is the rest and digest, and you're more likely to activate, whether you do it consciously or not, you're, you're kind of forcing your body into the stress response because you're not um, allowing space for the full, deep breath. I know. Mm. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> something as simple. Well, we, I know. Something, something is seemingly simple as looking right. at the way that you sit. But you know what? Women are tired. They are so yes. tired postpartum, and they just, you know, they just slump because they didn't get much sleep last night. So, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to be the posture police. That's not my intent at all. But to bring some awareness to that. So when you bring awareness to your breath, and I see it all the time in yoga classes, so I'll have women, you know, I'll just have a woman, maybe she's sitting in that kind of slumped position, and I'll be talking to her, and I'll say, why don't, you know, see what happens when you just take a nice deep breath here. And she'll, she'll take a deep breath, and when she takes that inhale, you know what she does? She lengthens her spine. And I was like, did you see what oh. you just did? When you consciously de- deepened your breath, you lengthened your spine, and what you did is created more room for your diaphragm to move. That's awesome. 
So it's amazing, like, because if you're just sitting there and you're just, like, trying to breathe and your diaphragm can't move, but if you bring consciousness to it, often, not always, often a woman will shift the way that she's sitting. And then if she's Mm. not, then if she's not, I might say, well, what happens to your breath when you lengthen your spine? You know, when you root your sit bones down and reach out through the crown of your head, what happens to your breath? You know, so giving her this, like, opportunity to really tune in and listen to her breath so that she uses her breath throughout her day, throughout her, uh, uh, you know, mothering and nurturing while she's focusing on somebody else. She knows that she's getting that extra little um, attention of that deep breath that's going to not only help her because if she's in 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 a relaxed response and she's got a deep breath, guess who's going to be more relaxed? Her baby in her arms, right? If she's holding her baby and she's in that sort of stress response, you know, that inadvertent stress breathing pattern and it's kind of shallow, then her baby's going to get that. Your, Your baby is so connected to your rhythms. Of course, we know that. But, like, for a new mom, like, if she's, Sitting in a way that's com- compromising her breath, it's actually going to affect her baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like wow. So, so something as super simple as you know, really encouraging that proper alignment, sitting on your sit bones, not rolling into your sacrum. Now, the, this is where it gets even juicier. So we're not done, Gina. So this is where it gets even juicier. So once the diaphragm is back online, and the diaphragm is yeah. actually moving down with her inhale and lifting on her exhale, her pelvic floor muscles respond. So using breath not only helps her tap into her own relaxation, uh, rest and digest response, which has a positive effect on her baby, it helps her reestablish core stability because she is reconnecting reestablishing the neuromuscular connection between her respiratory diaphragm and her pelvic floor. And that gets so compromised in the postpartum period, and she needs her breath in order. Many women will find the breath as a really powerful tool to reestablish core stability, core meaning the true core. I'm not talking about your six-pack abs. I'm talking about the pelvic floor, I'm talking about the transverse abdominal muscles, which act as like a corset, the multifidi, the muscles, the small muscles that support the spine, the deepest deepest spinal muscles, and also the respiratory diaphragm. So you think of it as in more of a, 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 a cylinder with a top and a bottom, and that being the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor, which is actually called the pelvic diaphragm. So the pelvic diaphragm is actually back online when when there's awareness of breath, when there's good postural alignment, and then when we can actually help women make that the, that link and that connection using visualization. So as you inhale and the respiratory diaphragm moves down, the, the lower ribs do expand. You want to think of the lower ribs like a, um, an umbrella, right? So the lower ribs expand, the diaphragm moves down. Now you're creating... Um, what's called you know, intra-abdominal pressure. So what, what's happening is that the diaphragm is moving down and then you've got pressure on the abdominal organs 
So the belly kind of expands to allow for that kind of downward moving pressure of the diaphragm. So, so it's not like puffing the belly out. It's just allowing the belly to be receptive of breath, right? So the belly is receptive okay. of breath. On the inhale, the abdominal organs move down. They press down on the pelvic organs, which in turn press down on the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor muscles lengthen on your inhale. They're, they're what we call elastically loaded. Now, this is a term that I learned from this amazing PT named Julie Weeb, who I absolutely love. She's down in L.A., julieweebpt.com. Love her. You know, she's, she's one of these people that, you know, when I was just kind of learning as I go along and learning through seeing women and women's bodies, and you know, I had multiple kind of theories about things, but nobody else was really talking about it. And, you know, and everything from, you know, spinal alignment and how pregnant women aren't necessarily lordotic. They might have more curvature in their upper spine and the relationship of the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor. So these things are things that, and I'm just giving Julia a plug because she's amazing. And, you know, she's one right. of these people that kind of put into words like what I had been saying when I found her, you know, she's got a great blog. I was like, oh, my God, this lady is like saying what I've been seeing and putting it into really, a, a, you know, words that you can understand. So I learned that kind of concept of elastic loading of the pelvic floor from her. So full credit where credit is due. Um so then on the exhale, the opposite of that happens. So the pelvic floor, because it's elastically loaded, it's kind of like a, you can think of it like a, a trampoline, right? So it's like somebody just okay. jumped on the trampoline on the inhale, yeah. and then on the exhale, that pressure has been released, right? So the pelvic floor okay. muscles lift, the low abdominals draw in, the ribs drop down, and the diaphragm lifts. Yeah, I mean it's so it's it's such a dynamic system and it's you know it's one of those things that we like those of us that you know think about core stability we think oh we're supposed to pull our belly button back by our spine and do all of our core work that way. Well, basically what right. you're doing is you're taking the pelvic floor out of the picture or you're creating the possibility of um hypertonicity in the pelvic floor. It's why historically, you know, it was like you know, when I worked as a midwife and we'd work with a Pilates instructor, it would be like, oh, no, pelvic floor of steel. <laughs> and, and not all Pilates instructors have that. but, but or, or dancers, it's like that kind of concept of pulling right. in and lifting up all the time creates not, uh-huh. I, I would argue that it's not a strong pelvic floor. That is a non-responsive muscle, and it's actually potentially a weakened pelvic floor because if a muscle is in constant contraction, it is actually not able to uh, stretch. It's not getting good blood flow. So, you know, right. it's, it's, we, we have a lot of misconceptions out there. You know, I'm sure when I yeah. told you I wanted to talk about core stability, I mean, I'm sure many people would think like, oh, crunches. <laughs> right. No, right. not crunches. <laughs> Not crunches. I'm talking about holding your body in a way that your pelvic floor and your diaphragm can communicate so that you can reestablish dynamic core stability. So, you know, mm. this this breath has an impact 
neuromuscularly, it has an impact energetically, it has an impact psychologically, you know, neurologically. I mean, it's it's not it's not just like oh, the breath is number one. What's number two? It's like well, let's just look at breath to start, and and then you know that number two, if we're, if we're moving to that place, and I'm glad to do that because I know our time is limited, and you probably want a few more practical things. One one thing that I would definitely recommend that I mentioned earlier is really making sure the conditions to maintain the length of the spine are set. And what I mean by that is even in the early, early days postpartum, even though she's like, you know, that first week, she's she's kind of in that, you know, that really just that, that cocoon phase. But once she puts one foot on the floor and she's starting to move around a little bit, how she moves is going to have an impact on her recovery. So obviously I'm not going to recommend that she do really intense yoga postures and she start doing sun salutations, but something as super simple, like I mentioned earlier, is lengthening her hamstrings. So you can do that very simply, very safely in the postpartum period by um, holding onto a chair or a desk or the edge of the sink and walking your feet back lengthening the spine, making a right angle of your torso to your your legs, you know, so sometimes it's called a half forward fold or half dog, you know, in yoga, but it's basically you're making a right angle and you're maybe bending one knee and then the other and you're kind of moving your hips around. So what you're going to get is release in the back. You're lengthening the muscles of the spine when you do that and you're stretching your hamstrings. It's a super, super gentle hamstring stretch, which I just absolutely yeah. love for for everybody, for everybody. And if she's really tight in her hamstring and she can't make that right angle, she might, you know, have to bend her knees a little bit in order to get the length of the spine, and then she can just alternate bending one knee and then the other so that she doesn't strain her back. So what I don't want her to do is to have a really rounded spine when she's doing that. So if the spine yeah. is really rounded, she's going to need to bend one knee and then just straighten one leg at a time to actually get that length in the hamstring and the length of the back without straining without straining the back. So super, super simple postpartum stretch. Um, uh, and other things that can be really effective for moms is to lie down on their back and do their little pelvic tilts. So just like um, moving the pelvis in a forward tilt and a backward tilt, that's a great way to release some low back aching, especially if she's been sitting a long time, which, of Mm. course, postpartum women do. So she can do it on the bed, but she's not going to get as much, like, uh, neuromuscular feedback um, if she was on the floor because the floor is firmer and she can press into her feet a little bit more. So she can certainly do it on the bed, but I, I recommend that women actually get on, like, literally get on the floor and do Ah. just really simple pelvic tilts. So the forward tilt is when the low back is away from the floor, and then the the backward tilt is when you tuck the pelvis and curl the tailbone towards the pubic bone. And then that's another great way for her to link in to her breast and using, you know, the inhale to really feel the expansion and opening of the ribs and the sit bones widening, and then as she exhales, curl the tailbone, get that sense of the contraction in the pelvic floor. And she can even do like a conscious kind of, 
drawing in and lifting up in that in that um, exhale. So you know what kind of traditionally might be thought of as a, like a, a kegel contraction, but engaging, drawing in and and up on the exhale, releasing it on the inhale as she comes back into the forward tilt. So this is all just on your back with your feet on the floor with the knees bent. So she could even, like, do this with her baby, like, on her body. You know what I mean? She doesn't have to. Um, it's not like the baby needs to be anywhere else but, like, right on her body. And that's that's why I like just the super, super simple pelvic tilts. Now, once once her bleeding stops, she can add in, like, a little a bridge where she actually lifts the hips up off the floor. But you want to make sure that the lochia flow is, is totally gone before you do any kind of inversion and technically that would be an inversion but once the lochia is gone she can bring she can lift the hips up and do her pelvic tilts with the hips um, elevated a little bit using the same breath pattern so it's super simple and it's nothing nothing fancy so as long as she's you know can get on the floor do a couple of uh you know have a few moments to do pelvic tilts if she has a Pilates roller, I mean, that is amazing. Gina, do you have a Pilates roller? <laughs> do you ever I roll do. out on a Pilates <laughs> foam roller? Yes. So you got to get it out. You can't just have it. You have to use it. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people have, them. have, you know, lot of people really have them. Well, and, you know, yeah. the funny thing is I literally have mine in my living room. And, and, you know, the reason I have it in my living room is that if I see it, I'll use it. If I, I put it in the closet. You know, I, I've put it in the closet at different times. And if I put it in the closet, guess what? I don't use it. Yeah. I don't use it because I don't see it. Yeah. But I put it outside out, out so, you know, and it, outside out of mind. So, if, you know, if she has a Pilates roller, she can just lay on that and then just do some yum or even, or even just like a yoga bolster, she can lay on that as well. And, yeah. and getting into the shoulders as well. So shoulder stretches are, are an essential part of kind of the postpartum woman sort of survival kit and, you know, something as simple as, you know, doing what we call chicken wings where you cross the arms in front and like, you know, almost like making snow angels, you know, with the palms facing away from you, opening up the shoulders. So doing shoulder stretches, all those kind of yoga shoulder stretches that we do, I strongly recommend that women do those um, after every single feed, you know, so because she's probably been sitting there. And she might be, you know, in, in a little bit of a compromised position. Hopefully she's got enough support and she's got the, the you know, pillow under the baby. And, and I know that there's like this, like, breast crawl that people are doing now, which I think is great, amazing. And, and the moms are, like, in a little bit more reclined position. So that's fine, too. I'm not saying that she can't do that. So there's a lot of different shapes our bodies. Uh, need to be in so it's not like it just needs to be a straight spine all the time I'm certainly not saying that but we have a culture where most people have a rounded back for most of their day and 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 certainly in that postpartum period is a time where you're most susceptible to that so there'll be different shapes that you know you'll have your body in but something as super simple as adding pelvic tilt adding the hamstring stretch and a little bit of uh uh, shoulder opening and stretching like that can literally be like the postpartum mom's survival kit. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm, I wish I'd had even more of that. I did such a good job with Jack of making sure I had a plan. I stayed in bed for a, like pretty much a month. I was upstairs in our house and 
Awesome. I did. I thought awesome. right, but it would have been great <laughs> to have a lot of this stuff because I remember being really like sore from being in bed all the time. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. Not, and you want to like, be you want to be in bed, but you also want to have the ability to kind of move around a little bit too, yeah. just so the muscles don't get so 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 tight. Yeah, I, I yeah. I so those, you know, those those are those are like just super simple things, and I think that, you know, when when we were talking about like what I should talk about, and it's like yoga for postpartum, and there's kind of this, you know, oh, I'm going to give you a routine that, of, of specific poses that you should do every day, and <laughs> you know, I, I don't really, I don't really think that that's how it works for most women. I do say once the lokia okay. flow's gone, and she's feeling yeah. good. Um, you know, and her abdominal muscles have some tone. If she's got the the diastases, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this. But I tell women that you know their um, you know their postpartum home practice is uh, one downward facing dog a day. <laughs> like like start oh. with a like a, a low bar, like just one dog, like just prioritize one downward facing dog. You don't have to do anything else, just one dog. Right. And then, you know, you do that. And then once you're there, you might be like, oh, child's pose feels good. You know, taking my arms over to the side when I'm doing child's pose. So once you actually like commit to doing one pose, it's kind of amazing. What happens for many women is that there's a couple of other poses that come right after as a natural extension of the downward facing dog. So I love I love that pose. Um, another option for women who are having wrist issues is to bring the forearms onto the floor and do the, their mm. downward facing dog that way. Or I teach what's called a puppy pose, which is a, basically a downward facing dog, but your shins are on the floor. So you know, there's definitely ah. variations of downward facing dog. It doesn't have to look like a full on downward facing dog. But, you know, once the lochia flow, lochia flow is gone and you've got, you know, some core stability, then a, then a downward-facing dog a day can be a lifesaver. And I ask, women, <laughs> I ask women all the time, I'm like, are you doing your daily practice? <laughs> and that's all it is. You know, it's, it's just carving out a, a moment, just a moment to do something for our ourselves, you know, our physical body. And, you know, you can put your baby on the floor right underneath you and give your baby little smooches as you, you know, come down from your downward facing dog. So, you know, it's not something that's necessarily done separately from your baby. You can do it, you know, while you're looking at your baby, put your baby right under your face while you do your downward facing dog. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think keeping it super, super simple is kind of the the best way to to go for part of mom's because what happens, I think, for so many women is that they think that, oh, a yoga practice, I don't have time for a yoga practice. I'm like, well, right. you just walked by the sink, so how about doing your half dog at the sink? You know what I, mean? I tell yeah. women every time they pass the sink, this is prenatally and postnatally, to stretch out their back. Like, just, like, make yeah. it a habit. Or, you know, if they're preparing their pelvic floor for birth, I'm like, drop into a squat every time you pass the sink. Just, you know, just for yeah. a moment, not even a long time. Because the thing is, we don't move. Like, we don't move in our culture. So, like, the, right. the concept that, like, a woman would, like, drop into a squat randomly in her day, like, she's like, what? Like, I squat when I brush my teeth, you know, because yeah. I want to be able to keep that suppleness in my hip 
and I don't know if I'm going to get to my yoga mat today. You know what I mean? So it's like adding movement in your day and in your life so it just becomes habitual and it's not like, oh, I can't make it to a yoga class so I'm not doing yoga today. It's like right. tune in, find your breath, alter your posture to accommodate your breath. That's yoga. You know, you brought some, yoga is just make, about making the unconscious conscious, bringing consciousness to your breath, altering the, the way that you're holding your body so that you can maintain or you can establish a full deep breath and do some super simple movements and your postpartum will actually hopefully be a little bit more, um, you'll feel a little bit more nourished and a little less, like even you, Gina Kirby, like a little less sore, <laughs> Like a little, yeah. less, like oh, I'm feeling a little stiff today. So adding in stretches well, that you do every day. <laughs> What's I want that? Thirteen-year-old show. I want her to listen to it because <laughs> she makes fun of me because when I'm making pancakes in the morning or I'm washing dishes, I like just drop into a squat, just randomly, yeah. and I, just, yeah. I like do random movements throughout the house because. I'm a busy person and I got four kids and I'm traveling all the time. I don't have, I don't have the luxury of being able to go to yoga classes. So like I make sure to move all the time. Oh and yeah. Oh yeah. I'm at work. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I like love big, that, uh, you know, Kate, Katie Bowman talks about just like get, getting rid of the furniture in your house. I mean, I love her. She's also another yeah. amazing person. I'm sure you know. Um, but, you know, she's yeah. like, oh, her house doesn't have any furniture in it. So, like, you know, I mean, it's got, like, trapezes and climbing structures, and but not, like, traditional furniture so furniture. that there's this opportunity to move your body into its full range. And we don't do that. We don't do that. I mean, I, I know the women that come to my class, you know, they get in their cars, they, you know, get out of their cars, walk to the studio, and... And the movements that we do in class are probably the only varied movements that she's going to do in her day. And you want to vary your movements. Like you want to be able to keep your muscles supple and, and the, the, the length of the muscle fibers you know, so that they can expand and contract as you move through your day, not just, not just like going to the gym. And, in fact, that concept of being sedentary all day and then expecting your body to, like, perform is it's actually ultimately it's not that it's not that good for us we can incorporate so i'm not saying don't go to the gym you can still go to the gym but incorporate movements in your day and in your life so that when you get to the gym your body won't be like you know this like uh, a sloth that has been sitting at a desk all day so i mean and you know right. of course there's a movement for like standing desks and and all of that which is great but if you're at a standing desk you've got to move you can't just like stand <laughs> <laughs> you're right. like your body when you're at that standing dance or standing desk. You gotta like do some like juicy hips, like move the hips around and you know shift shift yeah. your weight and pick up one foot and stretch your quad or like whatever. So hopefully that that's happening for people a little bit. So amazing stuff. How do people find you, James? Like somebody's listening right now. It's like who is this yes, person? You I can love find this me at janeaustinyoga.com. You can find me at janeaustinyoga.com. I'm based out of San Francisco. I do. I'm starting to travel a little bit. My kids are older. So I've got a prenatal yoga school, like you said earlier. It's called Mama Tree. And Mama Tree is really um, 
my, my passion. I'm trained as a midwife and a doula, as you said, so it's really bringing my two passions together of yoga and supporting women. And, and, and mothers, really, in all stages. I also do a mama self-care retreat, and I do mama self-care seminars, and I'm going to be launching um, a, a blog. And so, so if they go to janeaustinyoga.com, Definitely, like, especially, I mean, now, of course, but in the new year, I will have a lot more content on there. I'm working with some wonderful women, and we're doing the Mama Self-Care retreats that we've done for the last four years. So it it kind of goes beyond the childbearing year and just continues some of these great habits that we've established, hopefully, in our in our pre- and postnatal yoga practices, and then really just living them in our lives and in our mothering as we as we move forward. Awesome. So Gina, it's been so, so fun to chat with you always. I love always. it, you know. Um, <laughs> Give me a subject really quick... and I'll like chat on it forever. <laughs> <laughs> tell me really quick though, like, okay, I'm a doula and I want to learn how to uh, teach yoga to, to mamas. What do I do? So, yeah, so I teach in San Francisco. Um, I do two trainings a year in San Francisco um, I will be teaching at this amazing new facility um, that will be in Scotts Valley, which is in the Santa Cruz Mountains. It's called 1440 uh, University, uh, or Multiversity, excuse me. So I'll be teaching uh, a training there as well. So all this information is on, you can find it at janeaustinyoga.com. And Mama Tree, I'm looking if there's, if there's, doulas or prenatal yoga teachers who are listening to this or yoga teachers who want to learn more about working with pregnant mamas, I'm, I'm looking for invitations to go different locations, you know, around anywhere. I'm going to China this year. I'm super excited about that. I'll be teaching prenatal yoga in China in April. So that's incredibly exciting. So because my my kids, like I said, are a little older, I'm kind of looking to do a little traveling and taking taking the show on the road. So, yeah, I'm, you can find me here in San Francisco always, always. Um, I'm currently at Yoga Tree, um, but you can find me at my website with all my my um, offerings. And I've got online classes too. So if you've got if you're pregnant, mama, need a little extra uh, encouragement to do a yoga practice, you can find my online classes um, on my website as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for everything you do, Jane. Thanks for being in the world. I love you so much. You're so awesome. Dina, thank you. you and back at you, sister. Back at you. So <laughs> thank you so, so much. And, um, yeah, it's an honor and a privilege. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'd like to thank our sponsors of the program. Uh, we'd like to thank the lovely ladies at Bebo Mia and Doula Trainings International and doulabook.com. Thanks to everybody. Join us next Monday. I'll be talking to Nicole Shapiro about raising kids without sexual shame. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I want to be so good This little light If I ever Wake in the night I want to know